The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. So, uh, Campusano had the RBI for the uh, Padres. It's Farrell on the bench. On a pain-free Friday with Carver High, 1-844-843-6879 to get on the bench. Toll-free, 844-843-6879 is the number. And uh, this series is fantastic. And like I was saying, uh, I thought the Rays and Yankees would be fantastic. And then I watched uh, – I gave up. I mean, they were up – uh, you know, two nothing, four nothing. At four nothing, I'm like diving off. I just can't even take it. Like they're so anemic, and it is unbelievable for me to sit here and listen to uh, Kern and talk about. You know, bottom line that Boone's a hack, and he's a robot for Cashman. Do you remember when they had like Stick Michael and they had all these uh, great people running that team and? I mean, I, I agree with him about Hank and George and that uh, Hal's a P. I mean, there's just no doubt he's soft. <laughs> I mean, he's as soft as ice cream. And uh, Cashman orders him around. They're all, you know, buddies. And then this Boone guy is just a puppet. I mean, it is unbelievable. I can't even believe what I'm watching. Like, I keep saying to you that uh, that they'll – you know, there's no way they don't win. There's no way they don't turn it around. There's no way they don't, uh, you know, hit 95, 98, 100 wins. Uh, that they're too loaded. There's too many uh, talented players. They they hit too many home runs. They you know they have Cole. They have, but I, I have to tell you, I really do believe this that after Cole. I mean, I'm I'm starting to think that they're just complete ass that that rotation and they're and, and, and their pitching is so awful. Like I don't even know what I'm watching. Like you tell me. Like, am I wrong that their pitching's awful? Their pitching is awful. Uh, there's no doubt about it. They took a team like we. It's the same team that's lost the last last four years, except it has worse pitching. To to expect three guys who didn't pitch last year. I haven't pitched in almost two years. Kluber, Tyone, and Herman. All of them didn't pitch in the short season. Kluber threw one inning and he got hurt. Tyone was out the whole year and Herman was suspended. Right. To expect all of them that that's three fifths of your rotation you were you were depending on. I mean, come on. It's just uh Montgomery's a fifth starter at best. And then they have Cole. He's horrible. And they, and their bullpen their bullpen after Chapman and Britain, who you know, Britain's gone for who knows when he's coming back. June, maybe. You know, Chapman, Britain, and Green. After those three, I mean, you're taking your chances every night. You have no idea did what you're Britain, getting. 
Did Britton get the karma after he said that he didn't want to be teammates with Herman and then his arm fell off right after that? And then Herman, it's pretty obvious. Like uh, when, when you got a guy like Britton says everybody hates him, that, that you have to believe that everybody hates him. Like, so he's, you know, I almost feel like, cause I always thought Herman could pitch, but I feel like uh, I'll just say it. I feel like he should be somewhere else. They should have moved him. Uh, I just don't, I don't think that he should be on the team. Because they, none of his teammates like him. We welcome in our radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Mightier 1090 in San Diego, near Tijuana, do Tijuana, and then Sports Map, Sports Byline, Armed Forces Radio all over the world. Hoorah, soldier, hoorah. It's Pain-Free Friday. It's Pharrell on a bench with Carver High, 844-843-6879. Uh, do you think that they should have moved him or... Do you think they're doing the right thing, bringing him back, letting him apologize for his domestic violence, and starting over with the Yankees? Do you think they would have been uh, better served to move him? Because I know someone would have taken him with his talent. Yeah, it, it probably would have been best for them to move on, but I, I think that what we're talking about is the reason why they didn't. They have no pitching, and they're hoping that he regains the form that he had before he got suspended, where he was... What was he, 18 and 6? He was having a great year uh, when he got uh, basically taken off the field because of what he did. So I think that that's why they hung on to him because they know that they need to get out somehow and they're hoping that he can provide that. And, but he hasn't. And then when not does, so far. Uh, not so far. When does um, Severino come back? Who knows? Another guy that you, you wait on and you wait on and you wait on. Like, how long can you wait? When and then they end? gave up on Tanaka. Well, here, here's the problem. And At least he gave him innings this, and, and outs. This goes back to, I, I wish Tanaka was coming back, but here's the problem. They showed the last two years that they either don't trust him or, or they, their computers are telling them that he can only pitch four innings. So you're, you can't pay the guy $20 million and take him out after four innings every time. So they've gone on the cheap in some areas. We've seen that. And it looks like the way that they signed Kluber and, and they traded for Tyone, that they were going on the cheap with starting pitching this year. And they weren't using Tanaka properly anyway. I would have been all fine with giving Tanaka $20 million if you were going to let him pitch. But for the last two years, you know, the guy throws 80 pitches, he goes four innings, and there they go. They go taking him out of the game. So that's not worth $20 million. So they had so to let is, him go. So is, uh, like, is the plan to just keep losing with their analytics and their computers and charts and graphs, or are they just going to turn all that nonsense off, just pull the plug out of the wall and just start playing baseball? We'll talk about that with Carver High on a bench. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? 
That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. My favorite uh, thing I used to do all the time, uh, much like your boy Snoop, D-O-double-G. Have you seen a commercial where he's like, shallow? <laughs> and he's got the shell in his hand. <laughs> he's at the beach. And uh, when I was a kid, I used to answer the phone all the time. Yellow. Uh, uh, do you remember that one on the show, Carver? Yellow, is your mother there, please? <laughs> so anyway, I love when my boy Snoop, I just saw him. Uh, shallow. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Carver, I, uh, do you think they'll pull the plug on the computer, shut down all the analytics machines, shut down the charts and graphs, put away the, the chalkboard and no more math class, no more, you know, uh, you know, algorithms, none of that. And just go play baseball, get runner on, move runner over, hit ball, drive, run in, hit home run. Pitch, bean the other team, then beat the other team, uh, scare them off the plate, throw at their head, then strike them out on the other corner, uh, you know, bun a guy over, uh, or do they just swing for the fences and try to power pitch when they only have one power pitcher? Yeah, I don't believe so. No, not as long as they've got the guys running the team right now. They are full throttle nerd. Um, they, that's it. I mean, it's charts and graphs time. I mean, and Kernan even was telling you there, he's giving you even a little more. I mean, down at spring training, they got guys running around with vests on, you know, tracking what they're doing with vests on. Like, I mean, it's worse than we thought. Um, it, it, it's, it's just a bad situation all around. And, and to be fair, I know we're picking on them a lot because they should be better and they should, and they're so into it. There are other teams that are like this as well. Uh, this is becoming a thing in baseball, and it gets to the bigger picture of what baseball has become. And it leads into why they're making all these changes. Because baseball's become an analytically driven charts and graphs computer game, and it's not fun anymore. Right? Isn't that what Theo was saying today on, on yeah. Coast to Coast? We played the Theo cut on Coast to Coast from him, basically saying, you know, people don't find the game fun. So that's why they got to change all these things to. You know, try to make it fun to people because it has gotten out of control with the analytical stuff. Do you think, because, you know, I got to tell you, like, you're probably right that uh, I just saw Tatis fly out, little pop-up outside the infield. Uh, interesting. I want to see how he looks to see if he's healthy or whatever because I don't think that's going to last either. But I have to ask you, like, when I'm watching the Dodgers uh, – Frankly, like just as an example, they're the best team in baseball, hands down. And I mean, it's glaring. They are the team, right? And you're going to tell me, because when I'm watching them, I just see talent and depth and pitching and bullpen. And they've even got a guy like uh, making the money prices in the bullpen getting saves now. Uh, to me, they're winning with talent and depth and pitching. And, yep. uh, uh, you know, it, they do not look like a team to me that is running their operation on a computer. I think they're just out on the field with better players, better talent, better depth, better pitching, better defense, frankly, better managing, better coaches. 
Uh, they just look like a champion, and they play like one. I mean, they've won eight or nine straight division titles. They've been in how many World Series in a row? Uh, they finally won one after waiting since 88. But let's face facts. Uh, to me, they are the glaring, complete polar opposite of the Yankees. If you're telling me the Yankees are being run by computers and charts and graphs, then the Dodgers aren't. No, I, I agree. They I, and, I, and I think that every team uses it to some degree. And I'm sure the Dodgers do as well, but not to the level that the Yankees are using it. And the Dodgers do have the best team, which helps also. You know, they, they, they do, and, and there's no doubt about it. The talent on the Dodgers is so far past everybody else in baseball right now, and that includes the Yankees. It's well past. Because not only, Scotty, do the Dodgers have more talent, they have young talent. They have good young talent, whether it's Bellinger, whether it's Seager. You know, you just, you know, Walker Bueller, you can go on and on. They have young talent. And that mixes in with some guys who have done it for a while that, you know, Mookie Betts, who makes a billion dollars, and uh, Bauer, who makes a billion dollars. You know, you mix all that stuff together with young, controllable guys that you developed yourself. And you thought the Yankees were going on that pace, right? When Judge came up and when these other guys came up, you thought that was the angle that the Yankees were heading. But it's not. Um, it just isn't. And they've gone complete so, nerd. So when you watch the uh, Padres, the two guys, Machado and Tatis, who do you think is better? Yeah, I, I, I'm still th – this is nothing against Tatis. I, I still, I'm Machado I, too. I, I, look, I, I just feel like he still has a lot to prove in this league. Like I, I'm, He's an incredible talent. I love the stuff he's doing. I love that he has personality. I think it's great for the game. But he still hasn't really, let's be honest, done anything yet. Like, I mean, he hasn't. Let's be fair. So I think he still has a little bit of a ways to go before we say he's better than this guy, better than that guy. Now, Machado didn't win anything in Baltimore. You can get to the end. But he did get him to the playoffs a bunch of times. And he's had those experiences. Um, I just think that Tati still has a little bit to learn, but I love him as a player and I love his, I love his passion and I love the way that he actually makes the game fun. There's so few guys in the league that actually do it now. Right. Machado just flew out to end the inning. They're going to go to the fourth. It's still one, nothing uh, Padres. So they both popped out. Uh, mm. I do think uh, Machado, uh, look, I, I won't deny Tatis is incredible uh, talent wise upside uh, ceiling, the whole deal. But I, I think Machado purely on, uh, you know, for me, instincts, batting, everything else, uh, more dangerous, if you will. And uh, I think they both have everything, power, all the rest. They can both do it all. They're both really good uh, defensively. I just think uh, I'm with you. I think Machado's got a lap on him. He's got more experience and he got a lap on him. Uh, I want to say this. Now, this has been a problem, obviously, forever, but. More so in San Diego than uh, at Chavez Ravine, for sure, in my opinion, is that like I'm watching the game tonight and they are just absolutely doused with Dodger fans at Petco. I mean, it is just unbelievable to me. Uh, I saw a couple instances where they uh, fouled a ball off into the stands or they just even merely showed the, the stands and the fans. And every time they showed a section, it didn't matter if it was in the outfield or in behind home plate or down on first or third base sides. 
I mean, I saw so many Dodger fans. I wanted to puke. Like, I mean, it is just, I mean, it is like, frankly, the Steeler fans that travel, Notre Dame fans, uh, you know, Cowboy fans, Packer fans, where they're, you know, undeniably, they take over a stadium, right? Like the same problem they had at that uh, Chargers stadium where literally like the Steelers played them and the whole place was black and gold. What I saw tonight was just just Dodger fans just spilling over. I mean, they're everywhere. I mean, they are literally everywhere. They're climbing the walls at Petco, these Dodger fans. I mean, they take over that stadium. Uh, It's unbelievable. There's more blue there than there is, uh, you know, Padre, Friar Brown. I mean, honestly. And, and they must everywhere. have paid, and they must have paid a pretty penny because I'm reading an article now. Tonight's the first night of the ex, uh, expanded capacity. The uh, Petco just went to 33% tonight, so they right. went from 10 to 33%. But tickets were going for heavy bucks for this whole weekend series on StubHub. So the Dodger oh, fans, Machado just made a play at third on Turner. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Like they're both good defensively, but he just made like a you know. All-star stab of a 100-mile-an-hour line drive just off the ground. Boom, backhanded glove over to first. That was fantastic. Sorry. Uh, anyway, you were saying, I don't know how much time we got, but uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about on this show tonight. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Boy, did I call that Carver high? He just threw like a 79 pitch and they yanked him. He just struck out Muncie. Uh, Weathers are giving him a standing ovation. He leaves uh, after throwing about, I don't know, 79, 80 pitches in the fourth. Top of the fourth, runner at first. You would have thought that it was the eighth inning. (laughs) The guy, they're giving him a standing ovation and he pitched uh, three uh, three and a third. Right? I mean, he's in the fourth inning. That's a lot of pitches for three and a third, isn't it? Yeah, it was. And the kid was making his first major league start. He's come out of the bullpen a couple times for them. But the first time he started a game, I guess how long can you really go with him? Getting 80 pitches out of him was probably pretty good. Um, And then they go, and now it'll be the bullpen for the Padres the rest of the way. They got a lot of outs to get, that's for sure. I mean, it, he he's pitched six innings. Now he's pitched uh, nine and a third in his career. 
in the big. So uh, I got to tell you, that kid looks like he ate the entire cafeteria. He's about 240 pounds. I mean, that kid is a ox on the mound. The first thing I saw him, because I had never seen him before, and I was like, I said to you in a break, I'm like, holy shack, look at this kid. He's He looks like he's 15 years old, and he weighs about 230 pounds. I look on the thing. He's 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 a rookie, and he's he weighs 230. He's 6'1", 230 pounds. <laughs> I mean, that kid is a hassa. If I so, want you, uh, all three of them, to hold you, I'm going to slap you, I'm going to spit on you, I'm going to kick you, and I'm going to go, woo, all night long. I love it. Uh, so the Padres lead one nothing. Uh, the Twins lead the Angels 3-2. to They were down 2 nothing. They've just erupted. Uh, now the Angels have runners on the corners with nobody out in the bottom of the sixth. A's lead the Tigers bottom six at the Ashtray, 2-zip in Oakland. Astros lead the Mariners 3-0, bottom five in Seattle. Rays 8-2 over the Yankees. Pirates beat the Brewers. How about the Buccos? 6-1 over the Brewers. Braves today, 5-2 over the Cubs. Nats 1-0 over the D-backs, Scherzer. Phillies 9-2 over the Cardinals. Hit that as well. Reds I hit 10-3 over the Indians. Marlins beat the Giants 4-1. Orioles over Texas 5-2. Everything else washed. White Sox, Red Sox, Jays, Royals, Mets, Rockies snowed out in Coors at Denver. They actually had like a snowstorm out there. That's crazy. All right. Uh, Knights lead the Ducks 2 nothing on the pond. Five left in the second. Canadians beat the Flames 2-1 to at the Bell Center. Bruins 3 nothing over the Islanders in Boston at the Garden. Wild 3-2 over the Sharks. Kings and Avs were postponed. The Avs have COVID problems. Now they're shut down. Canucks start up on Sunday. They're going to play 19 in 31 days. Here's a drive to the warning track by the Dodgers, but Profar is there to end the inning. Taylor gives it a ride on the bullpen, but it's short of the wall, and San Diego still holds on one nothing, going to the bottom of the fourth. I have to ask you, uh, seriously, because I lost money last night and tonight on the Islanders. I cannot believe... I, I got to tell you, because I'm not even trying to be a D. Your boy, um, you know, uh, this team, frankly, I thought your boy Trotz would get him, you know, woke up tonight after last night where they didn't shoot the puck. Now, I know they had 28 shots on goal, whatever, something like that, 25 or 28. I think the two teams had like three shots separating them. But I got to tell you, I watched that game for a little while. That did not look like a team that had 28 shots on goal to me. They had five power plays. And I got to tell you, on their power play, I'm not sure they had one shot. I mean, their power play was so bad. And they, they I, I couldn't believe what I was watching tonight. I thought last night was bad until I watched tonight. Tonight was worse than last night. Yeah, they over the last two nights, they only played one good period of hockey. It was the first period tonight. They actually, you know... The kid made some unbelievable saves. I think all the shots came in the first period. They had two or three really good chances, uh, you know, dynamite chances that that kid uh, that was in net for the Bruins stopped. Uh, and when they and here's the problem, they had a billion chances in the first. They didn't score on any of them. And then Pasternak scored with two seconds left in the first period, which I think was the first shot the Bruins had the entire period. So now right. you play a great period and you're still going into the dressing room down one nothing. So that was a problem for them. Then they had a billion power plays in the second and third period, and they did absolutely zero with them. 
So they're not scoring goals right now, and they have these spurts under trots. They'll sometimes go a couple weeks where they're just not scoring, and they, you know, they're they're just fighting to win these games one nothing and two to one, and it just doesn't work for them. And they need to get it going before they get to the playoffs in a few weeks. So are they gonna? They're going to Philly on Sunday, right? Yes, yes, they're at Philly Sunday. I mean, I, honestly, I have not seen them look that bad all year. In nope. this season, where like these two games in Boston were really, you know, and, and I, it was bad. And you know what? I also think it was it was an igniter for the Bruins because I think they've been fair to Midland at best. I think they've been average, you know, literally average at best this year, without a, without a doubt. And I think, and I, and I'll just say it flat out: Taylor Hall, they injected him into that team, and with all the talent that they have between Pasta. Krejci, Marshawn, Bergeron, McAvoy. They have a lot more than that. They have a lot of talent, right? And then you add Taylor Hall to that mix where he's not required to be the man. He's just part of the team. He's just another good player on the team, not the guy, not the guy that they blame for everything in Arizona, not the guy that they blame for everything in Buffalo. He's now just another piece. Like, he doesn't even matter. But, boy, did he play like he was the guy that won the Hart Trophy. Last night, had a breakaway goal. Tonight, he had another one. I mean, they look like a brand-new team to me all around. Like, the Bruins last night and tonight, to me, look like – because the Islanders have, like, the best defense in the division, without a doubt. And I thought the Bruins skated circles around them, and they look like a dangerous playoff team to me tonight with Taylor Hall in that lineup. They absolutely did. They, and you're right. It could be something that kind of jumpstarts them, and they solidify that fourth slot, which they – listen, they had a pretty good lead over the Rangers. The Rangers haven't been losing. They're in a streak now where they're playing the Devils four or five games in a row, so they're getting fat on that. But right. the Bruins are going to be in the playoffs, of course. And um, listen, these four teams are really good, and a couple of them are going to go home in the first round. That's just the way that it works. You know, the Caps, Isles, Penguins, and Bruins, they're going to all play each other. There's going to be two great series, and two really good teams are going to go home early. And that's just the way it goes sometimes. Uh, but the Islanders are trending down, and the Bruins are trending up right now. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, tomorrow, the Devils and Rangers at the Garden, Washington's at uh, Philly, Pittsburgh and Buffalo, Ottawa at Montreal, St. Louis at Zona, Nashville at Carolina, Florida's at Tampa. That's a good one. Chicago at Detroit, Toronto at Vancouver. That's not happening, right? That's not no. happening. Uh, San Jose, Minnesota, Columbus at Dallas, Edmonton at Winnipeg. Uh, so there you go in terms of Saturday. Sunday, you got Washington at Boston, Rangers at Devils, Pens at Sabres again, Vegas at the Ducks, Isles at the Flyers, L.A., Colorado is canceled because of the yep. abs problems. All right, so uh, just while I'm at it, I might as well uh, go for it here. I could have sworn I had it. Uh, here you go, just so we know. Uh, by the way, they talked about Spider Mitchell tonight when we were on. They played a day game today. The Jazz won that game by eight. I think the number was nine. I don't know what it went off at when they tipped it off, but uh, the Jazz came back in the second half, won the game, but Spider Mitchell rolled his ankle badly. The x-rays were negative. I don't know about the MRI. All I know is when we talked to uh, Dr. Chow, he said he's going to be out short, not long, not like LeBron, not, you know, the month off, not like AD, two, you know, two months whatever it was, not like AD, two, two and a half months. Uh, this is going to be shorter term. Uh, he basically said he thinks he'll be back in May, which is 
right around the corner doing push-ups. Monday will be the 19th. So we'll see how that turns out for Spida. Meanwhile, I'm looking at a picture of him right here of Spida Mitchell with the ball. And um, he gets a crack at the Lakers on national TV tomorrow afternoon. Not anymore. Not anymore. He will not be playing tomorrow uh, in that game at Staples. You got Pistons at Wizards tomorrow. Cleveland at Chicago. Golden State at Boston is the uh, primetime game on ABC tomorrow night. That's going to be a good one. Curry's on fire. So is Tatum. So is uh, Jalen Brown. Memphis is at Milwaukee tomorrow. The Bucks are on fire as well. They got Giannis back. And San Antonio's at, at Phoenix tomorrow night uh, getting ready to build their new FanDuel Sportsbook at that arena in uh, the Valley. Sunday, you got the Pacers at uh, Atlanta. New Orleans at the Garden, uh, Pelicans taking on the Knicks again. The Knicks just beat them in New Orleans by 10 last night. Brooklyn's at Miami, Portland at Charlotte, Houston's in Orlando, Oak City's at Toronto, Sacramento at Dallas, and Minnesota at the Clippers Sunday night at 10. That one uh, is on NBA TV. Prior to that one, the Sacramento-Dallas on NBA TV, so you get uh, both of those going over the weekend. I will give you an idea of uh, what's happening tonight. I was watching, by the way, uh, the Padres have runners on second and third with one out, up one nothing. Uh, Campisano's up again. He's the guy that drove in the run. Now he's up right now uh, with two on, both in scoring position. I'll give you an idea of what's happening uh, right now in the NBA uh, real quick. Uh, the Knicks are up on the Mavs, 91-82 with nine minutes left. T-Wolves beat the Heat, or uh, they beat them by eight. Can you believe that in many? Jazz won that game today by eight. Pistons by six over the Thunder. Sixers by three over the Clippers. Wizards in overtime by two over the Pelicans. I hit that. Nets blew out the Hornets. I'll give you the rest when I get back. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. So uh, Carver High knows that I've literally gone crazy tonight hitting bets in the NBA. I got the Heat game wrong, fair enough. I can't believe they lost to the Timberwolves, to be honest. So I got that butchered. Um, I got the Knicks going right now in five. They're up ten with seven minutes to go in Dallas. Hit the Jazz, hit the Pistons two ways. Spread and and, uh, money line. Sixers, spread and money line. Wizards, spread and money line. Nets. Spread and money line land 13 and a half. They win by 15. Raps uh, cover for me. They won 113, 102 over the Magic Land, too. Boom, boom, hit that. Grizzlies hit to win in Chicago. 126, 115. 
Nuggets to win and lay an eight and a half. 128.99. They blew out the Rockets in H Town. And I got the Blazers on the money line, but they were laying two and they won by one, 107, 106. So good game in San Antonio tonight after Riverwalk. But a healthy night betting wise for me in the NBA. As far as uh, what I wanted to talk about tonight before we get out of here is uh, Carver High. Honestly, I can't even take this NFL draft hype. Because the thing that I'm seeing is I have seen an overkill, overabundance, absolute uh, draining, milking the cow of nothing but quarterback talk. Now, fair enough. I understand that it's the only position apparently that matters to anyone in the NFL. Listen, uh, crazy things are happening in the NFL. First of all, I cannot believe they got in bed with – uh, you know, Caesars, DraftKings, and FanDuel, all of them. They all got separate, like, but same deals with the NFL. Like, the FanDuel deal, believe it or not, is they get all the rights to their highlights and pregame. I don't know if you knew that. And then the DraftKings gets all the fantasy rights. And then um, I, I forget what Caesars gets, but theirs is different as well. They all get a piece of something exclusively, but they're all partners. And it's like three-year deal or something. And then the NFL can uh, bleed them for more money after three years. Uh, the other thing is the NFL cut that deal, of course, with Amazon, right? So Amazon's going to have all kinds of crazy different kinds of broadcasts, like all angles, different broadcasts, different ways to watch it. You know how, like, they have the national championship, like ESPN will have, like, uh, you know, a four-box broad. Yeah, what do they call it? The game cast. Okay, they're going to do that on Amazon. How about this? They're going to have, what's her name? The Hannah Storm and Andrea Kramer are going to do play-by-play and and color. They're going to have two chicks do the, uh, they're going to have a a chick option on Thursday Night Football. Uh, with those two and, and a guy's broadcast, I, that, I mean, they're, they're doing all kinds of stuff, the NFL, but the thing that, that I'm seeing from the, you know, general media is frankly, and, and you can't even argue with me is that every time I turn on the TV to watch something for whatever, I'm having breakfast or something after I work out and I'm watching these people talk about the NFL and what are they talking about? They're always talking about the exact same thing. It's been going on for about a month. And I've been watching it relentlessly, uh, you know, like seeing it and, and absorbing it and watching and wondering what the hell is going on. Because you can't even argue with it that all they talk about on every every channel, everywhere, every type of show, you name it, any show you want, ESPN, Fox, whatever, all of them, NFL Network, I, they're all the same. They got all these uh, talking heads and debate arguing people. You know who I'm talking about, the regular cast of characters. Smith and Max and, uh, you know, uh, whatever the guy's name is, his old partner on Fox. I, I can't even think of his name. Uh, what's the what's the guy, everybody? What's his name? Shannon Sharp and the other guy. What's his name? Skip. And, and then on NFL Network, you got the mo- Monday, you know, they got the morning show with uh, all those uh, characters on there. And one of them, I one of them used to do my show. I forget his name because I forget everything. I don't remember yesterday, but uh, you know who I'm talking about. They got those three guys and the chick, right? Nate Burleson's one of them, uh, and then they got the Schrager. Right, Schrager's the one I knew. So Pete, Pete was the one I knew. He used to do my show on Stern all the time. And then when he got that job, 
Uh, that was the last we ever heard of him. So, you know, and I don't care if, if we never hear from me again or you act like you don't know us. It's funny. I got a lot of people that act like they don't know me, but believe me, they know me. I know people. I know people real well. I know people better, better than they know themselves. I know everybody's dirty laundry. Uh, I've been around it, right? So here's the thing. I turn on these channels and all they talk about is quarterbacks. That's it. That's all they talk about. They talk about that's that's all they talk about ever is quarterbacks. I mean, if I hear any more about Aaron Rodgers, I'm gonna I literally they're gonna have to stick a tube down my throat. Uh, I can't take it anymore. I don't care about Aaron Rodgers doing Jeopardy and talking about it for for two weeks, two weeks straight. That's all people talk about is Aaron Rodgers gonna get the job at Jeopardy. Like I give a rat's ass, honestly. So they talk about quarterbacks left and right, like. And nonstop. But with the draft, it's even worse, Carver. Even worse. Because they talk about they don't even talk about Trevor Lawrence anymore. And they don't talk about uh Zach Wilson either, because those two are, are locked in. The conversation that I've seen for 30 days straight, nonstop, is about Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. That's all I hear about. That's all I hear about. I heard this guy, uh, what's his name, uh, Lewis Riddick, say, and I, I don't know him from Adam, but I know he's got credentials as a front office guy in the NFL and now as a broadcaster. I respect him. I don't have any uh, disrespect for him at all. But he's talking about Trey Lance is the best quarterback. The kid from North Dakota State. I mean, you got to be absolutely drinking too much Hennessy to tell me that that guy is the best of all of them. I'm sorry. I am not I'm done. I'm done with North Dakota State quarterbacks taking over the NFL. We already saw that train wreck in Philly, didn't we? Uh, he's the greatest quarterback ever. They gave that guy $140 million. He sucks. Now, I think he's going to turn it around with Frank Reich, but they couldn't turn him around in Philly, could they? He was terrible. He got worse by the day, and he got injured a lot. So don't sell me on that small-ass hackball they play out there. You heard me quote me on that. Make sure you quote me. Small-ass hackball that you're telling me that guy's taking over the NFL. My ass is your breakfast sandwich, okay? Let me tell you something. Uh, why is it? Tell me, Carver, High, I'm wrong. I don't even care about Mac Jones and Justin Fields, Trey Lance, in the sense that and they don't even talk about Kellen Mond. They don't talk about Ian Book at all, ever. You won't even hear one word about any of them. Trask, I mean, I, a guy called my show the other night asking me about uh, Kyle Trask. I almost had a, literally had to be bring out the uh, defibrillator. I couldn't even believe someone asked me about someone other than the five prima donnas that they've labeled the future of the NFL. Now, I'm sorry. But I have a real hard time believing. First of all, uh, Matt Jones, uh, I guess he's, I, I won't deny he's got talent, okay? But he's no Joe Namath. And then I got to tell you that um, I'm not buying Justin Fields. I think he's a great athlete. Uh, I think he's a stud. I think he might actually, and I know this will never happen, but you know, I actually think he might end up um, – doing better than anybody thinks that he will because Ohio State quarterbacks never do anything in the NFL. Not one ever. Not one ever. Not one ever. The ones... What? The bar is set pretty low for Ohio State quarterback. 
Well, they're all pathetic. I mean, it's just the most embarrassing thing ever. Don't even get started with me how bad they all are. Every one of them. There hasn't been one good one ever. Secondly, uh, the guy from North Dakota State, forget it. I'm not, I don't want to hear it. In fact, I think the kid book and I think the kid mind will be better than both. Uh, than literally, I think than anyone thinks that because I, I told you today, Ian book, they won't even mention him, but he'll end up being a backup. And then one day when the quarterback breaks his kneecap, blows off his leg, he'll be in there playing and then he'll make a name for himself because he's as good as some of the hacks they got in the NFL now playing backup quarterback. They're they're like 80 percent hacks. The backup quarterbacks in the NFL are complete landfill garbage. You know it. I know it. You can't even argue it. It's just the worst. It's the worst assemblage of trash ever. It is a landfill. Okay? So don't tell me, because I actually think the kid Mond will do well. I actually think Book at some point or another will turn it into something uh, decent. And decent is all you got to be in the NFL. If, if you make the NFL and you're a backup you're, and you're decent, you'll have a job for 15 years. Because... Every team in the league's got at least three hacks on their team. I mean, make that two. There's at least two hacks of the three quarterbacks on every team in the league. There's one starter that's either good or not, and then there's two backup hacks, right? So the question I have for you, Carver, is this. I have not heard one thing, and don't even tell me you've heard a thing about any linebackers, any cornerbacks. The only time you've heard about cornerbacks on any show ever is my show with Adam Kaplan talking about cornerbacks. He's selling you they're going in the top ten, two of them. Sertan and the kid from uh, Virginia Tech that's had two back surgeries and a blown out knee. I'm going nowhere near that kid. In fact, it, he, the kid from uh, Virginia Tech, uh, I can't think of his name because I'm not drafting some kid with two back surgeries and, and a blown out knee. Thanks. But I know everybody loves him. But my thing is, is that you don't hear about, frankly, I mean, even receivers. The kid that won the Heisman Smith, all they said was he's too light. He's too light. He weighs 160 pounds soaking wet. Uh, 170 pounds when he's drank too many, uh, you know, uh, seltzer uh, drinks. All I know is this. Uh, they don't. They talk about Chase. They'll put Chase with Burrow. They've already settled that, so they don't even talk about it. They're like, Chase is going to the Bengals because they're going to put him with Burrow, and that'll be that. But you haven't heard about any. No linemen. Sewell, they mention him, what, once every three months? Do they talk about any other linemen, any other defensive linemen? Any pass rushers, any outside linebackers, any middle linebackers, any safeties. Have you heard of one show ever talking about any of them ever in the last two months? Besides, no, no, no. it's embarrassing. All of these shows suck because they all talk about the same thing every day. Quarterbacks. That's all they talk about, man. I got to tell you. You know as well as I do. I mean, I know Josh Allen's a hell of a quarterback, but uh, the Bills got to that title game with defense and with everything else too. Tight ends, running backs, linebackers, pass rush, coaching. It's a team game, but all they talk about is quarterbacks. I mean, I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sitting here talking about five quarterbacks, and I think nothing of any of them. I mean, I won't deny Trevor Lawrence's uh, great talent, but that doesn't mean he's going to be great in the NFL because I will bet my bottom dollar that he's going to suck with the Jaguars for a while because they suck. I don't care who the head coach is. You know what's going to happen to your boy Urban Meyer down there? He's going to get exposed. This ain't Florida Gator football or Ohio State football. This is the Jacksonville Suckwars. That's how bad they are. They're so bad they play all their games in London so no one here has to look at them. 
My buddy was a season ticket. He went to every game. He never saw him win once. He owned season tickets for two years. They won like two home games. I'm like, why would you buy season tickets to them? He goes, they were like $5. That's how bad they are. So don't tell me that I, they got all this money and they got all this talent. They don't have anything. They're getting him. He could be running for his life. Zach Wilson, he's going to wish he was on a Mormon mission by the time they're done with him in New York. Sick of hearing it. I'm sick of hearing about quarterbacks every day, all day long. Can we talk about some other players that have talent? Thank you, ma'am. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. I guess Tatis made up that lap, Carver High, that he was down on Machado in his career with that bomb to center tonight. Two to one Padres, that home run. He got all of that. I guess he's feeling better. Uh, first game back off the I.L., dead center to give the Padres a 2-1 lead. And then Cronenworth hit one to the wall and right, and Betts had to leap up to catch it before it went out. It was real close to being a home run. All right, real quick, tell me about my boy Stuart Sink, the legend of Stewie Sink, after he uh, won the Open Championship uh, over the pond, and he took the Claret Jug on a one-year drinking binge. Uh, legend, the stuff of yeah. legend. He never was good again in golf after he drank all the booze all over the world and wow. got naked. Uh, he's <laughs> winning the Harbor Town by five strokes over your boy uh, Connors from Canada. That's Cam's boy. Yeah, I, listen, I think I need Stuart Sink uh, to go hit the Hooters down there in Hilton Head tonight uh, and, and maybe show up tomorrow uh, like he won the Open that Strung time. No, listen, I watched him the last two days. The guy, the guy didn't miss a putt for two days. He played outstanding golf, your boy Stuart Sink. Uh, he's got a five-stroke lead. There's a few guys there in the in the 10 and 11 range who maybe can catch him over the next two days. You know that I'm going to be heavily involved. Let's go, Corey Connors. Back-to-back 63s for Stewie. How about your boy Grillo getting oh, grilloed? The little Argentinian with a big heart. Uh, Emiliano Grillo <laughs> making it happen here today. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Two bogey-free rounds for Grillo. Just outstanding. <laughs> the, the Argentinian with a big heart. Is that what you called him? The little Argentinian with a big heart. He's amazing. All right, so you got action on Morikawa. Who else you got uh, tickets Connors, on? I got to be we got, quick. We got to win tickets on Connors and Morikawa. We got top 20 tickets on a bunch of guys. I mean, Kucher, uh, Cam Davis. Uh, we've got a few guys in the top 20s. We're looking pretty good for some money this weekend. 
All right, that sounds fantastic. Uh, Knights up 3-0 on the Ducks now. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday on Coast to Coast at 4. Check out. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.